Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues trade rumors are heating up with Tori Krug being apparently shopped by the St. Louis Blues, as well as Vladimir Tarasenko apparently has not rescinded his trade request and would still like to move on. So both of those guys are being shopped right now by the St. Louis Blues. We talking about that. Plus the NHL draft is tomorrow night. Good friend Gabe Foley help me out compile some names that the blues are going to be looking at so second half of the episode i'm going to be going over a couple guys that i think the blues might be looking at taking at the 23rd pick in the nhl draft busy episode lost to talk about make sure you stay tuned you're locked on blues your daily podcast on the st louis blues part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and like I said, i got a very busy episode for you today, so I want to thank you guys out there for making Lockdown Blues your first listen. Podcast is free and available on all podcast platforms, so appreciate you guys making me a part of your daily routine, especially now, you know, it's been a little boring the past week and a half or so before like the free agency and draft heat is starting to heat up, so this is a really exciting time. Um... In the off season, you know, with the draft tomorrow, free agency right around the corner, uh, things are going to be changing left and right. You know, all that talk of oh, we just got to wait and see. Well, it's finally paying off. We're going to be seeing what the Blues' plans are, uh, and those plans apparently might involve trading Tory Krug. Now, before I get into that talk, I do want to talk about Vladimir Tarasenko because Frank Cervelli tweeted something out that I thought was a little interesting. Kind of just s- snuck it in there, and it didn't raise a ton of alarm. Uh, he recently updated, he has a, uh, a trade bait list on TSN. Uh, I recommend you guys checking it out if you just look up trade, NHL trade bait list. It's got the list of names, but two Blues players were added to that trade list recently. Uh, one of them at number five, one of them at like number 12, you know, of terms of top trade assets in the entire league. And at number five is Vladimir Tarasenko. Now the tweet read something like, um, Vladimir Tarasenko has not rescinded his trade request and would still like to move on. So, I mean, that's kind of surprising to me. I think I was in the under the assumption that maybe he hadn't like officially rescinded his trade request, but he was happy here. He'd be happy playing out the remainder of his contract, but that's not the case. And um, you know, as good of a season as he had, uh, as quiet of a season he had in terms of the trade rumors and the drama, it sounds like Tarasenko's trade request is still just as, uh, just as um, important to him as it was last off season. You know, he hasn't changed his mind, and that that complicates things. You know, I think. I have had talked about in the past, and a couple people on Twitter and stuff had talked about in the past, moving Tarasenko for a top four defenseman or something like that, regardless of the trade request status, just because, you know, you got a lot of lot of money on the books um, for players, and you got a shed cap somewhere, and Vladimir Tarasenko seems like somewhat of an obvious choice, you know, hasn't quite been himself since the injuries sort of disappeared in the playoffs here and there, um, but the fact that he still is... is asking the blues to honor his trade request makes that pretty simple um there's not much to talk about here that i didn't talk about and tommy didn't talk about you know forever ago when the initial trade request happened not much has changed the goals are still the same for the blues i think if you're trading vladimir tarasenko um 
I don't think it would be a sort of move where they would be, try to be trading up in the draft. I saw people talking about like, oh yeah, you know, Ottawa's shopping their number seven pick or whatever. I don't think that's something that the Blues would do. I just don't think it fits in with their timeline, trading up, trading one of their roster players into the top 10, or to get into the top 10, I should say. I think the more likely thing we would see for Tarasenko would be a hockey trade, you know, just him for a defenseman um, or something like that. Uh, and it's just going to be it's going to be tough because it's the same issues that you ran into last year where, I mean, I guess he's proved himself more. You know, you don't have to worry about the injury risk or the, the, the worry about the potential decline due to injuries. You know, you know what you're getting out of Vladimir Tarasenko. But, you know, I, that that no trade clause that he has make things difficult. Um, he has to agree to where he's being sent, I believe. Let me just double check here that he does have a no trade clause. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the same it's the same issues with the trade that existed um you know last offseason it's it's um yeah he has a full no trade clause so he'd have to pick where he wanted to go and you know that makes it so he has a little bit more leverage than maybe the blues would be comfortable with and that's why i don't think a move would be super imminent because they got to find the right package and they also need to find the right package with the right team if you remember a couple years ago when the blues were shopping kevin shattenkirk they were all ready to go to trade him to the edmonton oilers for taylor hall which would have been nuts but Kevin Shattenkirk uh, declined to sign an extension with Edmonton, so the trade fell through. So you got to wonder how many trades like that um, are going to, you know, almost happen that we don't hear about because Vladimir Tarasenko nixes the no, or uses his no trade clause to nix the trade. So it, it's going to be a waiting game, I think. Again, I don't think it's going to be something that happened, you know, on draft night or anything like that, but. It definitely is something that I think we should keep an eye on um, and something that's pretty disappointing. You know, I think a lot of Blues fans uh, had a change of heart on Tarasenko and really wanted him to stick around for a long time after this season and, you know, forgiven him and brought welcomed him back uh, with o- open arms. And now that he's still, you know, asking to be traded, it's, it's, it's frustrating and it's sad. But if that's what he wants, you know, the Blues have to make, make the best of that and hopefully, you know, trade him for some assets that are going to help them in the short term and the long term. Um, I'll probably get into that more uh, after the, the draft and stuff because I think that's likely what's going to happen. But speaking of trades, the Blues are also apparently shopping Tory Krug. So in the second segment, before I get into the draft, I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, if you guys have any sort of bets that you were thinking about making, though, if you got a, a hot take for next year's NHL Stanley Cup champion or anything like that, you got to put your money where your mouth is at betonline.net. Now, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, NHL, all that fun stuff. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including... MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. Alright, so along with the Vladimir Tarasenko news also came another small piece of news that seemingly just got... Uh, tweeted out without much drama, much fanfare, and that's the Blues are looking at trading away Tory Krug. Now, Tory Krug is in the same boat as Vladimir Tarasenko. He does have a no-trade clause, so all the things that I talked about in the last segment with the difficulties of trading Vladimir Tarasenko exist with Tory Krug, plus the fact that Tory Krug is an 
aging undersized defenseman making six and a half million dollars for four more years that is difficult enough to get rid of the flip side of that however is that Tory Krug is a pretty darn good defenseman and he's been really good with the Blues so far um <clears throat> I think what the Blues have in mind no I think I think it's pretty apparent is that they they believe that Scott Perunovich can come in and fill the role for Tory Krug you know whether it's <clears throat> on the power play or you know, even five on five, I think that they see Scott Prunovich as sort of a very similar mold to Tory Krug and just assume that he can do the same things, which makes sense, you know, and at the same time, you also don't necessarily want two five foot nine, five foot ten smaller defensemen on your roster necessarily, unless they're really, really good, because that can be a um, uh, an exploit that is used against you by your opponents is having undersized defensemen. It can be difficult to play defense with those guys. Um, Tori Krug doesn't kill penalties. Scott Perunovich doesn't kill penalties. That really narrows your options in terms of what you're going to do with the rest of your defense if you have both of those guys out there. So from a logistical standpoint, I think it makes a lot of sense that the Blues want to go younger there. But the same at the same time, you see, it brings the question, like, what what exactly could the Blues get for Tory Krug? You know, they just signed him. I mean, not just signed him, but, you know, he's relatively new addition to the team. Um, only, you know... A third of the way into his contract, still has four years left at six and a half million with a no trade clause, and he is getting up there in age. You are, <clears throat> you wonder who the potential suitors might be, and you wonder if Tory Krug wants to go to a contending team, you know, because he has that whole no trade clause, which I assume he would want to go to a contending team, um, because you know it's not like he can choose to get more money or anything like that. His contract is already set. This is a trade. This isn't free agency, and he has a no trade clause. So if he has a say, which he does. I would assume he would want to go to a contending team. And how many contending teams out there are in the market for an undersized defenseman on the wrong side of 30 with four years left on a $6.5 million deal? Maybe not that many, unfortunately. As good as Tory Krug is, I think the, the worry is there that when he begins his decline, it's going to be kind of ugly just because he relies a lot on his speed and his his athleticism and stuff that you know might take a hit as he gets up in age. But the flip side of that is... He looks like he hasn't lost a step at all uh, with the Blues in the past two years. You know, apparent uh, or besides that injury that he suffered in the playoffs, we'll see uh, how he's able to recover from that. But I, I don't know. I think I think it's going to be interesting to see what the market might be on Tory Krug. Um, it makes a lot of sense for the Blues to trade him, but at the same time, it's frustrating because I feel like when the Blues gave out that contract initially, as much as like I liked it and a lot of people liked it, I think the worry was what happens in the second half of that contract when all of a sudden he starts to regress a little bit and that money is looking like a little too much and now that's exactly what's happening and it's like you know you can't just trade your way out of every bad contract you give out you know you can't get lucky and and dump Patrick Berglund to the Buffalo Sabres every single time that you make a mistake in terms of signing a guy now is Tory Krug um similar to Patrick Berglund or even a better example Yori Laterra um no he's much much better than those guys and the contract isn't as much of an albatross as those guys you know it's not like it's something that felt untradeable or or just absolutely crippling like Tory Krug is still as of right now as of last season worth worth the money but it's just like could that money be better allocated somewhere else I think the answer is yes I think the Blues know that the answer is yes and therefore they're looking to trade him so it's going to be interesting to see um what they do you know in the coming days I, 
at the same time, in the same vein as Tarasenko, I don't think Tory Krug would be a draft night trade. I think that would be something that they sort of work on over the offseason and, you know, kind of wait for the perfect deal to come together. I don't know. We'll see. It's it's going to be interesting. You know, gives a lot of buzz, a lot of things to talk about here on the podcast um, over the coming days, coming weeks, or who knows? You know, maybe in typical fashion, one of them will be traded the second I finish recording um, this episode. You know, who knows? So that being said, though, there is an NHL entry draft coming up tomorrow night at seven round one begins uh seven o'clock eastern and i reached out to gabe foley uh at nhl foley on twitter if you guys don't follow him you're missing out he is a mega mind super genius when it comes to prospects um he knows everything about everyone in the first round and beyond he's come up with a ton of mock drafts he's written articles he's done great work and you know i haven't had as much of a chance to follow the nhl draft as much this year uh, as in years past, so I reached out to Gabe. I said, "Hey, man, give me some help. Give me some tips. Uh, who you think the Blues are looking at? What are they? What are they compared to in terms of NHL players and stuff?" So he sent me a list of a couple players with some NHL comparisons. I'm going to be talking about that and why I think that could be a great fit on the St. Louis Blues. Huge shout out to Gabe. If you're listening, I really appreciate it. You're saving me a lot of time, a lot of headache, and. If you guys are listening at home, check him out if you're interested in prospects at all. He does great, great work on his Twitter, at NHL Foley on Twitter. Anyways, the first name that he mentioned, well, the first, I guess, uh, type of player he mentioned was big centers. Um, and I like a big center for the St. Louis Blues. That is a that is a role that has been a constant for them, you know, in years past. Ryan O'Reilly, of course, is a great example Um you know, they loved Tage Thompson in the draft. Obviously, he didn't pan out uh, in the way that they wanted initially. Um, but they, they just love their their big brooding centers that can, you know, play both ends of the ice and play well. And the first name, excuse me, the first name that Gabe sent me, hopefully I can pronounce all these right because this, this year's draft has some, some funky names. Nathan Goucher, Goucher um, is the first name that he mentioned. And he says Nathan Goucher is a big center like I said, but shifty in his movement, so he's a little bit quicker. Um, Heard him compared to Rob Niedermeyer, which is a great comparison uh, as any player. I mean, if you if the Blues draft the player and you tell me they're going to turn into Rob Niedermeyer, I am psyched. So a big center, uh, but not not slow by any means, able to you know play both ends of the ice. I would like that a lot. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Blues go after someone like that. Um, another uh, name in a similar vein is Philip. Bystead, Bystead, did something like that. Um, six four center, but a lot quicker than you might realize. Um, he's flashy player. You know, he could be the best player on a line, but he's also uh, he's also tough. You know, he's big, he's tall. Uh, I asked Gabe NHL player comparison. He said Brian Boyle, which I love. Um, you know, he said a slightly more skilled Brian Boyle, which that's a huge compliment. I think Brian Boyle is a great player. He's a, you know big, tall, brooding center that. Uh, can can protect the puck like it's nobody's business and play great hockey on both ends of the ice. But um, Bicet also has a little bit of flash, a little bit of skill, you know, a combination of that tall, gritty center, but can also be the best offensive player on a line. I would love to see them go after a guy like that. Um, another defense first center that Gabe mentioned is Philip Mesar. Uh, well-rounded, very strong, uh, strong on his stick, strong on the puck. You know, very hard to get the, the puck off his stick, similar to Bystet, similar to like that last comparison I talked about with Brian Boyle. Defensive first guy with offensive potential. Uh, he gave Saku Koivu as his player comparison. Shout out to Gabe coming up with these 
uh, obscure but spot-on player comparisons. I was expecting him to, you know, be like, oh, yeah, this guy, he's Patrice Bergeron, he's Anze Kopitar, you know, David Pasternak. I don't know, just just typical star names. But he's reaching into the depths of old NHL players and old talents and giving me really detailed answers. So if the Blues are looking for more of a defensive first center rather than the first two, which are kind of just two-way guys with maybe a little bit leaning towards offense, um, they would go after... A guy like Philip Maysar, who's got that great defensive potential, um, but also a boost in his offense a little bit more than uh, typical defense first guys. Um, I would like that as well. Now, moving on to the defensive prospects, um, he mentioned two. Um, the first one was Matthias Havled. Matthias Havled, um, speedy defenseman. Uh, similar, I guess, in a vein to Tori Krug, Scott Perimich, that sort of guy. A little bit bigger, though, obviously. Um, Going to get you a ton of points, similar to Thomas Shabbat, Eric Brandstrom, that sort of thing. Uh, pushes perimeter uh, play, pushes the pace. He's very quick. He's very flashy. Sort of an opposite style for what the Blues traditionally go for at defense, but uh, similar to how they're approaching their defense lately with, you know, guys like Tori Krug, Scott Perunovich, etc., and, you know, guys like Cal McCarr that are sort of redefining what it means to be a defenseman in the NHL. I would personally love to see the Blues um, go after a guy like Havlid. I think he would be uh, a, a kind of a potentially a franchise-altering pick. You know, if you can get a guy at the defensive position that can create offense as well as, you know, a Kale McCarr, which this isn't to say that um, Havlid would be Kale McCarr, um, but even Thomas Shabbat, Eric Brandstrom, just guys like that who are honestly almost more known for their offense than their defense but are more than capable uh, of playing good defense. I think that would do wonders for the St. Louis Blues. I think they've tried that with Tori Krug, and they're trying that with Scott Perunovich, but those guys just don't quite have the defensive acumen just yet. I think Perunovich will get there. Um, but still, if they can get a guy that has a two-way ability in the defensive end um, and the offensive end, I would absolutely love to see that. The last name that he mentioned is Noah Warren, big, strong defenseman, uh, great in the defensive zone. He said, but he says he needs to improve his decision-making, and he said literally Colton Pareko. So if the Blues go out and draft a Colton Pareko replacement, as much as I hate to say the word replacement, uh, I think that would make a lot of sense. You know, they love big, tall players, especially at the defensive position. Uh, in the year that they won the Cup, you know, their average height of defenseman was like 6'3", 6'4", crazy stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that would be a perfect fit as well. Um, Colton Pareko is a very good defenseman. Uh, he's had flashes in the past of looking like a true number one defenseman, obviously has yet to really turn into the guy that Blues fans, including myself, are hoping he would be. But that doesn't mean that his positives, you know, seeing the, the, the best parts of Colton Pareko in another player would be great. You know, if you can get a guy that has Colton Pareko's skill set and is, you know, a lot younger and, and projects of being, you know, a, a, a solid defenseman similar to Pareko. I think you are all over that in the first round. Now, in this upcoming third segment, I'm going to be talking about one more prospect that I think is pretty interesting. Gabe told me a funny story about. So I'm going to be talking about that uh, in this upcoming third and final segment. Make sure you stay tuned. All right, all right, all right. So lots of draft talk, lots of names being thrown out. Gabe Foley did send me a pretty interesting, interesting story here. Um, 
about one final prospect that he thought was a bit of a sleeper option for the St. Louis Blues to potentially pick. And I'm going to try to pronounce this name off the bat because um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. All right, first name I can do. Ivan. Last name, Miroshnichenko. Ivan Miroshnichenko. Um, okay, so you might be thinking, who? Now, there's there's a couple interesting things with this prospect. First of all, got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma this season. I do remember hearing about that um, a couple months ago. Uh, made a full recovery, um, cleared to play again, which that's awesome. That's just an amazing story right off the bat. Um, you know, really heartwarming, really great to see. I do remember hearing about that story a couple months ago of the, the you know, top-touted prospect got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, questions on whether he would ever be able to play again. But he has been able to play and he has been cleared. But due to that, his draft stock has dropped a little bit, unfortunately, but understandably. And then also, um, the all the deal with Russia and potentially not letting players back uh, overseas that crazy sort of thing that Kirill Kaprasov is doing right now is affecting uh, Miroshnichenko as well. Um, you know, typically Russian prospects will stay over in the KHL for a couple seasons after they get drafted. Uh, Tarasenko did that. Uh, but because of this, all this crazy stuff going on in Russia where players are worried that if they go over to Russia, they won't be able to get their work visa and come and play in the U.S. Uh, because of this, Miroshnichenko is probably staying in the U.S., um, after being drafted, which is a huge benefit for anyone picking him because that's typically the biggest concern with picking Russian guys like Tarasenko, Kirill Kaprasov is, you know, look what happened with Kaprasov. They were, he was a hyped prospect for years and, but didn't come over because he was playing in Russia, playing in the KHL. And now all of a sudden he's wanted by the Russian government for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely reason for him to stay in the U S and also that could be reason to take a bit of a flyer on him. Um, and, you know, reward him for obviously battling through his incredible recovery, um, but also, you know, banking on the fact that he is staying in the United States could be huge. So if any one of those names get drafted, you heard it here first, but I heard it from Gabe Foley at NHL Foley on Twitter. Huge, huge thanks to him for helping me out, giving me all those names. Uh, if you want to do research more on them, just reach out to me. I can tell you who the guys are. I can direct you to Gabe Foley, all that fun stuff. Uh, that being said, though, that is all the time I have for you today on the Lockdown Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Blues. Hit the notification bell. That way, whenever a new video gets uploaded, you will be the first to know. Like I've been saying, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, audio platforms and YouTube podcasts is going up at the same time, sort of getting into a daily routine, daily schedule. Hope you guys are enjoying that. Make sure you follow Locked On Blues on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.